and welcome back to Pushing the A. I am your host, Will, live from my bedroom. It is Saturday night. Saturday Night Live! Congratulations! You're listening to Saturday Night Live's new podcast. <laughs> what a disappointment. I'm so sorry if you thought you were listening to Saturday Night Live. I don't know. I didn't title this Saturday Night Live. I don't know why you would think it would be Saturday Night Live, but... You know what? People have thought weirder things before. We're going to be looking at chapter 15 of uh, APUS, and this time I actually do know the name of the chapter. It is The Ferment, F-E-R-M-E-N-T, of Reform and Culture. We're going to talk reform, we're going to talk culture, we're going to talk ferment, and we're going to talk of the... Screw that guy. Screw the... Let's get right to it. Um, in 1850... Three quarters of the U.S. is going to church. Is going to church girl. And it wants to go to church with a church girl and read her Bible. Um, but the region, the religion, is more rational than it was. Thomas Paine writes the Book of Reasons. Says the church itself is bad. Religion is good, but church is bad. Promoting the idea of deism, which is God exists, but science is more real than the Bible, which leads to Unitarianism. There's one God. There's not a holy trinity, and you get salvation from good works. Ralph Wallow Emerson, big fan of this one. Um, so, the reaction is no. And there is this mass hellfire convention called the Second Great Awakening, where evangelism um, spreads through the frontier, converting people through camp meetings. Preachers are giving religion to 25,000 people at a time using hellfire sermons. It's like, if you've seen those videos of like the people like, rolling around, claiming the spirits gotten to them, which could be true, which, I don't know, I feel like I, <laughs> I don't know. Um, Methodists, Methodists and the Baptists are the big winners here, um, and a lot of humanitarian things are brought into play, like alcohol and slavery. Um, also, a lot of the new converts are women, so religions are feminized. Um... Peter Cartwright is a famous preacher. Um, generally, the theme of the time is repent. Repent, repent, repent. Um, there are other people, but I can't read them. So many hellfires come through this one district of western New York that comes to be known as the Burned Over District. Um, the Adventists, also known as the Millerites, claim that Christ is coming back on October 22nd, 1844, which... Um, obviously didn't happen. I think if it did, we would be having a very different conversation right now and living in a very different world. Um, the Second Great Awakening has generally widened the class and religious lines. Conservatives are, or those who are higher up are unaffected. Unitarianism is still on the rise, but those who are poorer and less educated join the Methodists and the Baptists in the South and the West. The Northern Methodists and the Southern Methodists actually split over slavery. Um, in the Burned Over District, Joseph Smith finds these golden plates. Um, he translates them into a book, and it is the Book of the Mormon, Book of Mormon, and the Mormons are born. It is an oligarchy with its own militia, and Ohio and Missouri and Illinois are like, um, what are you doing, hun? And there's also this question of, are they doing polygamy? So they kill Smith in an angry mob, and Smith's bro, Brigham Young, takes over. He's a great leader, he takes him over and takes everyone to Utah, where a new system of irrigation and seagulls, you heard me, seagulls, there's a monument to seagulls in Utah, look it up, 
save the town. Utah grows, it's a theocracy, um, more Mormons and more Europeans come and enjoy a little polygamy, who wouldn't? Um, it's not part of the United States in 1857, and Washington is like, there's a sovereign state just hanging out in our country, so let's just see what's going on. They send an army, there's no blood drawn. Um, the whole polygamy thing keeps the state out until 1896. Public education. Tax-supported public schools are really scarce. There's a stigma that if you go to public school, you're poor. The rich realize eventually that this class of uneducated kids is going to lead to a class of angry adults that are voting and are pissed about what just happened. So, with that in mind, they found a bunch of new schools between 1825 and 1850. Not in the South, though, let's be clear. This is at the request of a lot of laborers who... A lot of laborers who really want their kids to have a better life than them, which is, you know, it's, it's nice. Um, manhood white suffrage really pus pushes that along. Um, the idea of a little red schoolhouse, uh, it seems cliche, but that really is what... That really is what schools were. It was a few months a year, eight, eight grades, um, and they taught the three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic, which was um, interesting, shall we say. Horseman in Massachusetts, um, also a unicorn, or not a unicorn, a centaur, horseman. Um, he basically says, that schools need to fundamentally be better, the years need to be longer, the teachers would be paid better, these ideas spread. Education is still a luxury, there are only 100 secondary schools in the country at the time, but the curriculum expands and schools are expanding. Um, there are still a million illiterate whites. Slaves can't learn, free slaves can't go to school. Textbooks do improve, though. Uh, Webster has his readers and his dictionary, McGuffey has his patriotic readers for the patriotic child. Um, Higher learning is lagging a little with this public school thing. The first SLAC, Small Liberal Arts College, which is denominational. Um, the first iterations of those are really come up in the Southwest after the Great Awakening. Um, women are also stuck at the home. They think that education is going to injure the fragile female brain. These colleges have bad academics. They're mainly for local, local pride. They're teaching the classics and don't really care about math. Um... The first state-supported universities are North Carolina, 1795, which comes from federal land grants, and Thomas Jefferson establishes Public University of Virginia, UVA, in 1819. Um, it's nothing about religion or politics, it's all about science and language. Eventually, women do decide they want in on this, though, so some women's colleges are created. Emma Willard, Wildhart, I don't know, creates the Troy Female Seminary in 1837, um, or sorry, in 1837, Oberlin, who still exists today, they integrate. Other adults learn from their private libraries or the lyceums uh, that offer lectures. Um, there's some magazines in North American Review to name one. Generally, it's an age of reform, so these evangelical ideas lead to a lot more people wanting reform, so people don't want more cruelty or war or drinking or slavery or my calendar just fell. Uh, they want, and women are really prominent in these movements I can't leave my chair now because there's a thumbtack on that. And, like, what happens if I step on the thumbtack? I'm in pain for at least two minutes. It can't happen. Um, there's this new order from the market economy. So the middle-class farmer has lowered in society. Debt imprisonment is happening. Um, 
more more people are getting to vote. Um, so a couple things come out of all of this. One, the suffragettes, uh, the first iteration of them, come out. Two, less debt imprisonment happens. Three, uh, these criminal, uh, the criminal sort of treatment softens. Um, there's less capital punishment, uh, or less capital offenses, less cast, less harsh punishment. Uh, there are these questions of prison reform because prisons are just trash. The, mainly, it's the concept of insanity, and they chain up prisoners like beasts. Um, Dorothy Dix goes around from prison to prison. In 1843, reports on the conditions to them of them to the Massachusetts legislature. This idea of mental illness comes into the avant-garde, one might say. Um, becomes avant-garde. Comes joins the social lexicon is what I was gonna say. The whole thing, by the way, with debt imprisonment is that people were being enslaved or not enslaved, but imprisoned over like a dollar, and it was mothers being taken from children. And the whole thing was graphic. People were also decided that. It was the time to fight a war against alcohol. Um, a lot of people were drinking excessively. There were these brawls. Labor's inefficient. Work accidents are happening. The safety of wives and kids and families is in question. With that in mind, the American Temperance Society is founded in Boston in 1826. Uh, they advertised to kids. Um, the book by T.S. Arthur Tendence and Navarro shows how a tavern can ruin a town. The... Temperance Society is two things. One, we're going to stiffen the will of people. Two, we're going to change the laws. So, Neil S. Dow in Maine um, creates the Maine law after the end of 1851 that says no alcohol. Twelve states follow suit. It's all overturned. It's impossible to enforce, but there are gains made. Fewer people are consuming alcohol super regularly. I want to, I want to do more ads. I feel like I've done a lot lately, but it keeps me sane. Um... Apple Headphones is a proud sponsor of Pushing the A. When you need headphones that are almost good, but just aren't quite there yet, talk to Apple Headphones. We think that American history is good, and if you're listening to Apple Headphones, you've won a free car. That's right, a free car. Um, that's not interesting. None of my phone charger for phones that charge to listen to Pushing the A, a proud sponsor of Pushing the A, brought to you by Phone Charger. It's sketchy. Alright, that's enough of that. Back to you, serious well. Women, um, are in a pretty crappy position right about now, now being 1800 to 1850. Men run the world, um, which really sucks. Women are stuck in the house, they have no property rights, they can't vote Life in the United States is better for women than it is in Europe, but it's not by much. Um, the market has also split up men and women. It deems women to be artistic and the conscience of the house and men to be brutal and the ones who are supposed to work in the factories and the opinions on the home change fundamentally. Um, women, though, fundamentally say, enough, we're not going to marry as much as we did. We want to get out of the house. Uh, this isn't everyone, but a lot of women say this. Uh, and specifically, it's white women with money. Women's rights come into play. Slavery uh, and abolition, and by abolition I mean prohibition, uh, are things that come out of that. Lucretia, 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 something malt. Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Blackwell, Mary Fullers, a lot of them, they all meet at Seneca Falls for the Women's Rights Convention, where they basically say, 
everyone's equal, universal suffrage for everyone, and it launches the modern women's rights movement. Mildly important, in my opinion. Other people say, um, this is a utopian age, so 740 communitarian communities established themselves, um, and Robert Owen seeks 1,000 to New Harmony, which collapses. Brook Farm in Massachusetts, 1891. 20 people. It collapses. Oneida community. This one lasts a little longer. They have open marriage, birth control. They, their parents, people can choose parents for better children. They thrive on the steel industry. They eventually fall. The Shakers, they're abstinent. They fall by 1940. Everyone falls. Um... As from a science standpoint in the country, the country mainly spends most of its resources for practical things, so plows, navigation, and safety. All the innovations Americans do make in science is adapting European science. Medicine is trash. Smallpox, yellow fever, malaria from poor diets, bad sanitation, low amounts of heating or bad heating. Um, are all horrible. Medicine is self-prescribed and surgery basically involves tying you down and hoping you don't scream too loudly while we kindly cut off your arm. Thank you very much, good sir. Art. Architecture is mainly Greek and Roman. There's this Greek revival from 1820 to 1850. In the mid-century, it becomes Gothic. Thomas Jefferson is Thomas Jefferson, the first great American architect. Um, there's nobody to sit or to buy paintings and no one has any leisure time or money to do it, so painters go to England to learn and practice. You can't be naked in paintings, which is limiting, believe it or not. There's some good art, revolutionary paintings um, from post-1812 nationalism, from like Trumbull, um, that sort of stuff. Uh, the Hudson River School is the first real US art school. The first photos are taken. That's exciting. Music is good, rhythmic, and racist, because a lot of it's happening at minstrel shows, which are fundamentally racist. Literature, uh, there's not a lot of polite literature, just because it's a pioneer culture. Creativity goes into practical things like the Federalist Papers. Benjamin Franklin writes an autobiography. Um, 1812 nationalism, which means that by 1820, if you're on the East, um, on the seaboard of the East, literature can be a profession, although it's rare. The Knickerbocker Group is created, which is a group that writes history of New York, folk tales like Rip Van Winkle. Europe can't believe it. Um, James Fenimore Cooper writes the spy, leather stocking tales. Um, some other people write some poems. Specifically, William Cullen Bryant, first great American poet, according to American pageants. So good, good on him. I wish I was the first great American poet. It's also, there's this idea of transcendentalism, transcend, transcendentalism, transcendentalism. Uh, it's what makes up the literary golden age of the United States, supposedly. And it's all about self-reliance or something. It doesn't make sense. Um, generally, Americans are anti-authority, and it shows in their literature. Thoreau? Thoreau? I'm not gonna, you know, I don't really know how to pronounce it, but... There's a guy, his name is spelled T-H-O-R-E-A-U, he's an abolitionist, he's a tax dodger, and he believes in simplify, simplify. If you can find the Calvin and Hobbes strip that they say that in, find it, send it to me, at me. Um, Walden writes a book about on the, ordi, on the duty of civil disobedience, Gandhi and MLK, read it. Walt Whitman writes Leaves of Grass, everyone hates it, actually. Um, 
And then someone reads it like 50 years later and you're like, oh my god, this is actually good. And Walt Whitman says, I know, while simultaneously being dead. Um, Henry Longfellow, one of the first great poets. Um, another person, John Greenleaf Witter, anti-slavery poet. I'm botching all these names, I apologize. Uh, John Lowell uh, is a satirist. Louisa May Alcott and Emily Dickinson are famous, uh, some more famous um, writers. And then William Sims is the writer of the South. There are also a few less cheery writers, like Poe, who's, <laughs> who's that uh, manic pixie dream girl angsty teen of the crowd. He's an alcoholic, he's weird, he's obsessed with ghosts. <laughs> he's creepy, he's hard to read, I wouldn't recommend him. Hawthorne, Nathaniel Hawthorne, writes a book about sin and how it's viewed, called The Scarlet Letter. Uh, Herman Melville writes Moby Dick. There are also these new historians that change the way history is viewed. Uh, George Bancroft is called the father of U.S. history, writes a six-volume epic on U.S. history. Um, William Henry Prescott writes a history of Mexico and Peru. Historians are mainly from New England. They're anti-slavery, from Boston, and hate the South. Um, Overall, literature, art, and etc. are in this in-between phase where they're not, you know, Americans aren't dominating the sphere by any means, but they're there. They, it exists. Overall, though, it's a period of reformed women. Everyone realizes that they want rights, and I'm sure if the literature was there, it would show the same thing, the same movement spreading through slave societies, although it's hard to know. Um, Overall, though, people's views are changing. They're becoming more focused on equality and moral reform and extirpating sin from the group, or not, from, from the country. Um, and that's what sort of leads to all the major reform movements of the, of the interpretative, but there's not much else to say about it other than people decide that, hey, maybe it's time to have some shreds of equality in this country. So that is it for chapter 15. Um, and there for chapter, and by chapter, of course, I mean period two. And by period two, I mean period three. So, we made it, everyone. Um, all three of you, thanks for listening to period three. If you're listening to this today, which I find hard to believe, um, because it's not published yet, but you know what? Good on you if you are. Um, new episodes in a month when I have to study for another APUS test. So, time to push some A's. Go forth and live your life. Brought to you by Papermate when your paper needs a mate. It's time for some journey. And by time for some journey, I meant time for some Foo Fighters. <laughs>